Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome back to another episode of the Mental Corner Podcast, the show where I bring on guests from all different backgrounds to talk all the things mental health. I am your host, Harry Potvin, and today I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Tom Palladino. Tom is a humanitarian and a researcher in scalar light energy. He's using his research and findings to try and make a difference in the world by providing the right education and the right tools to help restore optimal health and improve people's quality of life. Tom was a blast to have on, and I really want to thank him again for coming on and sharing this stuff with us. And before we get into the episode, I just wanted to, you know, send love to everyone listening because, man, it's been a weird two years, honestly. I I saw some friends that, you know, I hadn't seen since before the pandemic even started, and it didn't really sink in until I was getting ready to go see them that it's been, it's been two freaking years since I've seen them. It's been the weirdest, longest most confusing but also shortest time ever so i just wanted to send love to all of you because man this is weird and i hope you're all doing well and trying trying your best to stay level-headed in all of this nonsense now before we get into the episode today guys you know the drill if you're listening please like comment share subscribe give five stars if you're on that podcast platform share with someone who might want to hear this episode it's a really great one and i can't wait for you to listen i'll talk to you all very soon have a great rest of your day peace We are live. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Hi. So my biggest question for you after doing all the research and everything, how does one even get into the work of scalar energy? You have to have a a desire for this type of research. I've always had that desire in my life to research. It's a labor of love. Um, It's something that you, you really have to desire and follow through. What's the follow through? It's a lifetime of work. Um, it, any science, any specific application, you could spend a lifetime. You could sp- spend your entire life pursuing that, that uh, um, if you will, that new approach to science or, or some discovery that you've made. I've made many discoveries, and I'm proud of my research, but um, I'll be the first one to tell you it's not a hobby. This is not a part-time job. It's, it's work. Right. And how did you like get on to it? Like what, what was the first time you were like, oh, there, there, there's something here. You know, Nikola Tesla, the great inventor, sparked my imagination. As a youngster, I was reading about Tesla and I knew he was on to something. He was just an incredible mind. And then it, it eventually occurred to me, he was no longer working with electricity. Many of his inventions were scalar energy inventions. And he was able to do incredible things with scalar energy. Notably, you can, you can control matter. You can control the physical universe with scalar energy. So it's, it's a tool that will provide us mastery over nature, mastery over the physical universe. And, uh, and I've, I've come to appreciate over the years of working with scalar energy instruments just how, how indeed they control molecular forms. They can control compound and element. They can control a toxin or a pathogen. And it's, it's crucial to understand that this is not electricity. It's a different branch of physics, scalar energy physics. And uh, the world will eventually embrace this, this new technology, this new physics. And we will derive many benefits from this science. 
Mm-hmm. That's it's it's so fascinating. I, I mentioned off camera how you know when something new comes out, people are kind of hesitant to accept it just because it goes against all our norms. So with that being said, like why why is this not discussed like by the normal population? Yeah, you know it should be, uh, and I I would just attribute it to the fact that people just don't know now. Back 100 years ago, during the day of Nikola Tesla, there was an act of suppression against his research. You might say, well, why would that be? It's a technology that is so efficient that that can be used on a broad scale application that it really is a threat to the existing paradigm, to the existing business paradigm. In other words, this new technology, scalar energy, will make obsolete the existing uh, technology that we're using throughout the world. So that's the intimidation. Should it be w- widely discussed? Yes. I'm trying to, to promulgate that notion. You know, this is that, that for that reason, we have this discussion today. It, it's catching on, but it's going to take some time. Right. Yeah. So how, how are, how are your machines that you have able to capture this scalar energy and transform it into an energy that we can use? Uh, I believe my approach is unique. The instruments are custom built, so I have unique uh, results. And with that said, I have discovered that scalar energy is the intelligence that holds together matter, meaning it's the molecular bond. Um, er Everything has an atomic bond, a molecular bond. There are chemical bonds that hold together matter. And we might describe those as ionic bonds or hydrogen bonds. Or, or some type of uh, atomic force, call it what you will, that is an intelligence, that's an instruction. And what I've discovered is scalar energy is that instruction. So we might describe something, say, as a hydrogen bomb that holds together a virus, but the intelligence, the, the actual non-physical instruction is scalar energy. So by manipulating scalar energy, you can break down the hydrogen bonds of a virus. Right. Where do you get this scalar energy from? My instruments essentially capture it from the sun and the stars. That's the beauty of scalar energy. It's all around us. It's universal. So what I forecast for the future is that we will harness sun energy, star energy, and we will, in so doing, be able to use that energy to power the world. I have a miniature power plant, so to speak. I don't necessarily have to create scalar energy. It pre-exists. I simply manipulate it. I simply use it to my benefit. Right. So it's like a, it, it would be a resource that just never, it, yes. it never ends. This is what Tesla proposed. Tesla had scalar energy towers, and he was able to deliver scalar energy by way of a wireless transmission. He was able to illuminate objects at a distance. And he did it from this star energy, this energy from the sun. So Tesla was on to this, this new type of energy, uh, scalar energy. And he demonstrated that it could be used to power, to provide uh, uh, power for various functions. Well, imagine that. You no longer need to to rely upon an electromagnetic grid, so to speak, all you need to do is capture star energy. What does that mean? It's free energy. It's energy from the stars. And this is where Tesla was going. And he was suppressed. 
It was right. suppressed. And it, you don't even need that much land to build stuff. I mean, you've got, you've got, a, yeah. you got instruments in your house. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And that's, that's the beauty of, of, of what I'm doing. My laboratory could um, provide um, quantum healing for the world. You don't need a, ra a rather extensive infrastructure. I don't have an extensive infrastructure. I know what I'm doing. So I've miniaturized my approach. Now, Tesla had a tower that was 160, 170 feet tall. I don't have the funds for that. So I've miniaturized my Tesla tower, so to speak, and I'm providing this quantum energy anywhere in the world. And I do so, it's, it's a wireless transmission. And we'll get into how I can deliver it. I deliver it by way of photographs. So it's a wireless transmission of energy. I have a free energy tower in my laboratory and I could send energy in, in a flash, in an instant, anywhere in the world. Right. So, so how does, how does that work exactly? So the, the client or the person that's requesting help sends a photograph of themselves. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll demonstrate. I'm going to hold up my photograph. People will email me photographs. My photograph or anybody's photograph has an energy signature to it. Your photograph is a source of light. My photograph is a source of light. And I actually take my photograph and I place it inside a scalar energy instrument. And in so doing, I can make a connection with their quantum field through a photograph. So I never work with people in person. I only work with photographs. And that's the, that's the, the keen observation that I want people to make. This is not electricity. It doesn't behave like electricity. I'm sure most people have never heard of treating a photograph. Why? A photograph is your energetic copy. So I never work with people or animals in person. I work with their energetic copy, which is their photograph, which is mm -hmm. a, a source of information. A pho everybody's photograph is their source of information. Right. And this, this works on animals as well, you just mentioned? Yes, yes. I've been working with goats in Tanzania. I've worked with elephants in Asia. All I need is a photograph of an animal. And I can provide a quantum a treatment, a quantum healing to, to people and animals by way of their photograph. Mm. And, and what are some of the results that you've seen uh, from your clients? I, I think it's safe to say now that within my laboratory, I can easily address, identify microbes, germs, bacteria, parasites, viruses. And by working through that medium, that, that portal, if you will, of a photograph, I can easily break down bacteria, parasites, viruses. So I believe I've discovered we'll, what will eventually be considered the easy way to, to disassemble, to eradicate, to cure, call, you, call what you will, microbes, germs. Now, I can prove my work in my laboratory with a photograph. Now, keep in mind, people don't visit me. I only work with photographs. So my statement is specific to how the energetic field on a photograph responds. So I'll hold this up again. I can pinpoint on my photograph if I have, say, the herpes virus or mm. candida albicans. And I can destroy the herpes virus and candida albicans on my photograph. 
And then I have to wait for people to tell me if they feel better, if they feel that that there has been improvement in their health. And many people say that yes, that they no longer have the herpes virus, that they no longer have candida albicans. So there seems to be a, a correlation or a direct influence when I work with a photograph that it downloads or has a connection to a person. That's the state of the science. That's the state of the art, so to speak. My results in the laboratory are now being substantiated, corroborated by people. And there seems to be a, a similarity. That is with my work in the laboratory, people have similar results or a similar effect in person. Mm. So imagine what I'm saying. Working remotely in a laboratory, I can change a force field on a photograph. I can eradicate a virus on a photograph. And now people at a distance are telling me that yes, their viruses have been eradicated. So my action in a laboratory with a photograph is now being substantiated in person by other people. That's the science. That's where we're at right now. Right. And what what has the reception been like in, like when you're trying to pitch this stuff? Because it, it, it sounds almost interdimensional. It, it sounds is like interdimensional. It mm. is. This is not electricity and magnetism. It's another energy spectrum. It's scalar energy. And, and academia has not caught up to this yet. And I don't fault them. It's a new science. It is interdimensional. It's another dimension. And with that in mind, you cannot just think according to the, the rubrics, the guidelines of Newtonian physics. This is not Newtonian physics. It's a new physics textbook, which demands a new interpretation of reality. It demands a new understanding of, of uh, how, how energy works, in this case, scalar energy. And that's what enthralls me. That's the key here. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's interdimensional. And it cannot be explained by electromagnetic theory. Right. So it, it can't if it can't be explained by anything that we have currently, when you first like were looking into it, what, what were you thinking? Were you like, what is this? Yeah, it's it took me years. A mm. lot of prayer, a lot of mysticism, a lot of hard work. I, I studied a few um, uh, men at brilliant scientists who went before me and I studied their work and I realized that they they had really grasped this topic. Tessa Hieronymus, another man by the name of Moray, and these three scientists, they understood scalar energy. And although they had an electrical background, they, they were able to work in a different discipline, scalar energy, and and generate power, scalar energy, as opposed to electrical power. So the, the point being, there, there is a, a similarity, of course, between the two energies, but they are distinct. They are distinct disciplines. And I, I'll once again re, uh, recall those three men, Tessa, Hieronymus, and Moray. Those three men really gave me the education that I needed. Um, what they've done is unparalleled. You might not read about them in, in uh, academia today, but if you if you look for their notes and, and some of their books for sale, you will discover an interdimensional physics, as you put it. Mm. It's not electricity. And what those three men discovered, Tesla, 
Moray, Hieronymus, they're just brilliant. They're just, they, they, the three of them des deserve a Nobel Prize. Mm. Man. Now, in terms of uh, like mental health and mental wellness, how would scalar energy impact that? I, I believe this star energy, this, this energy from the stars, I believe it's divine. I believe it, it's directly from the creator. It's a first cause from the creator, from God. And with that statement, I believe scalar energy has the ability to heal emotional healing, psychological healing. And I, I don't consider myself to be in any way adept in, in psychological healing, but I believe the energy in and of itself is corrective. To give you an example, some people after I've worked with them, they say that their brain waves have been balanced or their chakras have been balanced. Others tell me that they're much calmer, that they have a greater sense of um, uh, charity towards their neighbor. Others say that it's that it's opened up a new way of thinking for them. So, you know, some people, let's just face it, they're in a psychological rut. And I have seen so many times that scalar energy has served to lift people out of that, that, that psychological rut. Now, how does that happen? Well, that, that's too lengthy of a discourse for us to get into now, but I'm, I'm saying that this energy is a download or an inflatus that will serve to correct the conscious, that, that we can, in the future, rely upon scalar energy to correct our phobias, to correct our vices, to correct our thoughts. Uh, I've always said that scalar energy will be the a pathway to mental health in the future. Mm. It is interesting. I, I think the, the conversation around like the third eye and spiritual awakenings, I think it's getting more, it's gaining more momentum now just because we're becoming more socially aware. It, it's just fascinating because like we mentioned this whole episode, like it, it it's not something that we're taught per se. You're like, right. You're absolutely right. Right. It's, it's, um, it's, it's the day is coming. I've been at this now for close to 50 years and 50 years ago, it was, it was hard to find somebody that you could have a fluid conversation with. Now that's changed. Now, many people realize that we have chakras. Many people realize that the pineal gland has a specific and profound function. Many people are starting to believe in auto-suggestion, perhaps the, the ability of, of clairvoyance, which is to me a scalar energy function all of all of these things are, are, are just starting to to unfold and, and and the new paradigm is coming forth. It's a it's really a, a communication paradigm. We're leaving, if you will, the smokestacks and the steel mills behind. We don't need that anymore. Once you're working in an information field, you don't need necessarily the brick and mortar. Okay, the brick and mortar serve to build the information system. Scalar energy is the information system. Now, I'm going to go back to an analogy that I had. With Tesla, Tesla was able to, to power uh, various objects with his tower, his scalar energy tower. And he did not need electrical wires or substations. He did not need to drill for oil. He did not need hydrothermal uh, uh, turbines, if you will. How did he do it? He simply grabbed harness scalar energy from the sun and the stars. So what is the future uh, uh, portend? It, it, it's a future in which we will not need factories. 
and we will not need to drill for oil, and we will not need an expensive infrastructure. The stars are the power plant of the future. You don't need wires because this energy is everywhere. Anywhere you want to broadcast or, or if you will, dictate the, the placement of scalar energy, so to speak, it's already there. The infrastructure is already there. You don't need to build a factory. You, you don't need to build an expensive infrastructure. So the infrastructure of the future is, is that of a communication infrastructure, a scalar energy uh, uh, structure that um, will make life much, much easier. Mm -hmm. It will solve many of our problems. Right. It seems like the easiest way. If, if there's a way to harness the energy from stars and the sun, then why wouldn't we just revert to that? If we, if we want what's best for, you know, the planet long-term and people long-term. I concur. And that yeah. day is coming. We will, we will learn to harness this star energy and power the world. We'll do it at pennies on the dollar. There's no pollution to scalar energy. It's safe. You have an unlimited supply of energy from the stars. Um, and it's going to change society. This, this invention, scalar energy technology, will change the world. Mm. Man. Yeah. It, it, I mean, on, on that topic, like uh, you've mentioned it in previous stuff that you've been on. There's like an energy crisis right now, not just mechanically or materialistically, but also you know, spiritually or just in terms of people. So when we're looking into the future of this new energy and new kind of technology that will, is slowly being accepted, how is it going to impact that energy crisis that we're currently experiencing? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, <clears throat> first, somebody has to develop or, or redevelop what Tesla had achieved. And once we can establish a functioning model, a working model, then I think the world will get on. You know, people want to see results, and I don't. Believe. And if we can just demonstrate that we can illuminate objects at a distance, then that will be the beginning of the end of the energy crisis. The energy crisis. Let's face it. We've gone to war over oil. We, we've there. There has been bloodshed over oil over resources. What do I propose? Scalar energy makes everything affordable, so to speak. And what we used to have to fight for, oil, okay? it, oil will be obsolete. Oil essentially will be obsolete in the future. We will not need it to, to as a source of power. Um, so what do I envision? It's, this is a paradigm shift. It's a new way of living. And we're going to become uh, very acquainted with this non-physical energy. See, one of the drawbacks of our energy paradigm, it's physical and it leaves a chemical residue and it's dangerous. Scale energy is non-physical. There is no chemical, there is, there is no residue, there is no carbon footprint and it's unlimited. When you're working with oil or nuclear power, that, there's a limit. When you're working with the stars, it's unlimited. There's no limit. Now, it, this, if this is futuristic, so be it. But keep in mind, over 100 years ago, Tesla had scalar energy towers. He was producing clean energy from the stars. He was illuminating objects at a distance. 
There was no drawback, there was no health risk. It's already been done. We simply have to retrace Tessa's footsteps and once again, learn how to power at a distance with scalar energy, with this clean, infinite energy. Well, even if you want to look a further further back, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Tesla, wasn't he studying the energy emitted from the pyramids or something? I could be wrong about that. Um, I, I, I know he, he had an, a wide range of interests. I, I don't know about the pyramids in, in, in specific, but I will say that many pyramids, according to their geometry, collect harness scalar energy. And mm. that's one of the, the marvels of many structures, including obelisks. A pyramid many times can collect scalar energy. You'll have a, if you will, a, 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 an environment in a pyramid or an obelisk that exceeds that. Uh, that is what would be considered from just atmospheric scalar energy. And that, that concentration of scalar energy, then you'll observe different phenomena by way of pyramids or obelisks. Right. Yeah. So even if you want to look all the way back, whoever, I don't want to say the wrong date, but however long the pyramids were made, you know, they, they had something going on. So yeah, yeah. they collect, they collect scalar energy. That's, that's undeniable. Now I, I've understand that sometimes rodents have been found in a pyramid and they're desiccated, but they haven't, they haven't corrupted to the point of, of, turning into dust. And many people think that the scalar energy in the pyramid will serve to preserve, say, a, a rodent that strayed into a pyramid. And there's merit to that. So it's a different environment in a pyramid. You're not subject to chemical decay in the electromagnetic environment as you would in the scalar energy environment. And for that reason, um, there is a process of mummification or you could say that rodents that have been found in pyramids, the, the rate of decay is different from that of, of the an electromagnetic environment. Hmm. It's so fascinating. Now, it really is. Yeah. Like we're like, you've been in this for, you said 50 years, you've been studying this looking forward. Now, what, what do you think the ceiling is for this kind of energy? I don't, I don't think that there's any limit. And I'll, the reason I say that, I, I go on record, the stars of the universe are powered by scalar energy. And if you look at our universe, what gives us light, energy? The stars. So if we're really tapping into star power, then it's unlimited. If, if scalar energy, which powers our stars, is the, is the fundament of our universe, then we've tapped into what Tessa would call the wheel work of our universe. And that's true. This is the first principle, the first cause of motion, of energy, of time, scalar energy. And if that's the case, we become masters of the universe. Whoever will control scalar energy moving forward will have mastery over physical matter. And then ultimately mastery mastery over intelligence and, and other uh, and other considerations so i go on record by saying that scalar energy is a first principle it's it's a direct emanation from god so if you control scalar energy you will control the universe hmm. man 
it's just a casual ownership of everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know that's a bold statement, but you know, looking at back what Tessa has achieved in Hieronymus and how they could control nature, scalar energy allows consummate control over nature. If you control nature, then you are the master of nature. Mm. And I, I know that's a profound statement, but I stand by that. If you can control scalar energy, scalar energy controls nature, then you control nature. Right. Have you have you have you ever put that to the test in terms of like with uh, vegetation or nature as in whole? Like I know you you deal with people as clients and yeah. animals like uh, goats, but have you ever done it on like biodiversity? I, I have um, many times. I um, around my my home, I, I treat plants and I treat trees with scalar energy, and I see how I can download nutrients into trees and into plants, and that the trees that I'm working with show. Um, a, 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 a what I would say a very vibrant color um, and their their growth seems to be enhanced. Now that's anecdotal and I've not been able to prove that um, um, on a wild scale basis. I've had friends send me photographs of their trees, say a, an apple orchard that was infested with fungi or worms and I've been able to eradicate the fungus or the worms from an apple orchard. Um, I've done that. My predecessor, Galen Hieronymus, has, has achieved that all by way of photographs now. Um, Galen Hieronymus was able to treat the Apollo 11 astronauts while they were on the moonwalk. Mm. Galen Hieronymus had the photographs of the three Apollo astronauts. He was able to treat them with scalar energy, their biofield, if you will, while they were a quarter million miles away on the moon. And uh, what does all of that mean? We're transcending time and space. All you need is a photograph of a person, an animal or a plant, and you can capture their essence on that photograph. My photograph captures my essence. I could be a thousand miles away from my instrument and I could still have my biofield treated, my energetic field treated because there's a body double. So in other words, there's two Tom Paladinos. Okay, there, this Tom Paladino, this, this flesh and blood. And then my photograph is my copy. That's my bilocated version. Now, when people email me a photograph, obviously they're not in my laboratory. Their bilocated version is in my laboratory, their photograph. So what I've discovered, what my predecessor, Dr. Hieronymus, has discovered is that a photograph is a real-time account. A photograph has your, your physiological uh, 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 points, it, your, your biorhythms, of, uh, it has your heartbeat. So a photograph is energetically alive. It's the energetic copy of a person. Mm. Man. And if you like, I guess yeah. So if if you're if you were to take an old photo, does is does it have the same effect, or do you need a current one? Any photo has um, a person's signature, and but what I've discovered, my, my predecessors discovered that a photograph is always in real time. Scalar energy is always in real time, so a scalar energy instrument will always um, pick out your physiological characteristics at that point in time. 
Man, well, it, this is all super fascinating, Tom. If people if people want to learn more about it or want to, um, you know, partake in this, what, where can they find you? The website is scalarlight.com. Now, we offer everybody in the world 15 days of free sessions. You're going to email us your photograph, and you'll be able to email us your family's photographs, dogs, cats, include your pets. And for 15 days, we no charge, we work with you. We'll prove to you that there's merit to this. We'll balance your chakras, we'll perform a pathogenic cleanse, and we'll provide nutrients also. That's, that's uh, all available to anybody in the world. You can share it with friends and family. 15 days of free sessions at the website. Try it. It's a new science. It's a new approach. I realize that uh, there can only be benefit because we're working with this divine energy and we're able to work now by way of your photograph, which is safe and convenient. I love it, man. I'll put that link down below. Tom, thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Uh, thank, thank you for your interest. Man. And to all my listeners, I will see you guys next time. Thank you.